everybody wants to be a part of the culture until it's time to be diverse, equitable, and inclusive. So we're having the uncomfortable conversations needed to spark the change right here, right now. We're your hosts, Ty Devereaux Lawson. And I'm Simeon Coker. And we say all the things you wouldn't. Welcome back to the Mixed Company Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Mixed Company Podcast. And the year just keeps getting more and more interesting. Word. Interesting is a a good word to use. It's like the best, like sometimes interesting is the best word I can find to describe so much of what I see like in real life. And real life is not real life right now. I think the news is weird. Books are weird. Entertainment is weird. Job market is weird. People are weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Uh, interestingly, interestingly enough, uh, someone told me to stop using interesting the other day because they said it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so take, the, take that whatever. Take away from that whatever. It literally has a definition. What do you mean it doesn't mean anything? She's I'm like, so tired of, I'm so tired of people and their fake thought leadership. What, is, what does that mean? So we were at dinner um, and we were at a restaurant with a bunch of dishes that I never tried. And they were like, hey, so what do you think? And for each dish that came out, I was like, that's interesting because it was like, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It just wasn't familiar to my palate. Exactly. And that's when it came up. And it, they said it doesn't mean anything to you. Yes. Because what you want is more clarity, clarity that I do not have. <laughs> I don't Because have. what this has I, caused is more questions than answers for me. So I, I, I have, have interest in figuring out how to define it. Mind your damn business. Word. <laughs> how did you like it? <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> it was interesting. That's such an interesting comment. Well, speaking of interesting, we've got a really uh, interesting topic to bring to, to, to the forefront today because... If you are living, even if you are, I think at this point, are living under a rock, the one piece that you are probably aware of is that your your LinkedIn has increased with multiple profiles with uh, bands that say ready to work, ready for work or open to work. Open to work. Um, And the crazy part about that is I would dare say 365 uh, I was going to say years ago, but three hundred what it, what feels like 365 years ago, but is really 365 days ago, we were having conversations about how we couldn't, like no one could find talent. Like mm-hmm. talent was too hot to touch. Okay, mm-hmm. the you talk about it, inflation on eggs, baby, there was an inflation on talent. And <laughs> here we are a year later, And I think my perspective is that the effects of COVID, Trump, war, the interestingness of life has kind of hit the economy um, Mm. in a way that's kind of like, yeah, uh, what's going on here? So we're going to dive into that. But obviously, before we start to dive into the interesting things, we've got dope shit and we've got some ain't shit and there's a lot of shit going on. So Simeon, mm-hmm. I'm going to take, I know you have two, so I'll let you take uh, the first, I'll go next. And then you can finish off with, with whichever of your two you prefer. Yeah. So my ain't, I'm going to start with the ain't shit. Um, 
today's May 9th when we're recording. And if you've been paying attention to, I guess, the beauty industry, I don't know why you would, but um, of course I would. Well, I mean, I usually just go where whenever I see something trending, I'm like, what are you talking about? What, where's the drama at? Um, and so Tarte Cosmetics, which is a beauty brand, uh, was doing an activation at the F1 races in Miami. And what they did was they invited a bunch of beauty influencers down to uh, a party. Um, and one of those beauty influencers was a Black woman who, when she received the invite, started to share notes or collaborate with one of the uh, white influencers who was invited. And that's when she realized that she had different accommodations. And basically, her accommodations would send her home a day early. And she wouldn't be able to attend the actual F1 races and sit front row like the white influencers. Now, this could have all just been an oversight, but when she went on Twitter, I'm sorry, went on TikTok to share her concerns, she started receiving death threats. And the brand basically didn't do anything, didn't address it. What they did do was the CEO of the brand um, did a get ready with me where she's applying her makeup. And she, basically approached it like, um, my bad, we didn't mean to, uh, for lack of better words. As, as, as brand leaders seem to be doing the, these days, like, oh shoot, that's wild. That's crazy. And, and the way that she started off was like, oh, I woke up really sad today. <laughs> as I woke up pretty sad makeup, this morning. As, as she, she applies, applies okay. her makeup okay. and said that she wanted to clear the ear about a couple of things. Um, and then she said that uh, the Black woman Bria's schedule for the trip was merely a coincidence, um, that everyone's schedule had been staggered to accommodate a three-day stay. Um, and this also feels very eerily uh, familiar to um, the drama that uh, Budweiser um, faced a couple of weeks ago with the, act the campaign that they did with uh, Dylan Mulvaney, who is a transgender influencer, um, who also was on TikTok promoting the bear and also received death threats. Um, and their response was also very lackluster. And in addition to their response being lack lackluster, uh, the two executives that were in charge of that, uh, that campaign are mysteriously taking a leave of absence. So my, my issue with all of this is that, you know, in the last three years, there's been uh, a very visible increase in brands trying to market to uh, multicultural audiences, whether that's race, ethnic groups, uh, sexuality, et cetera, et cetera. And none of them have a real strategy. And so it all feels like pandering because ultimately when you are doing these activations, there is a chance that you know, you're going to piss off the right, the far right or conservatives or whoever. Um, and you should have a strategy for it. And so for them to not protect the their partners, their creative partners in these endeavors feels very shitty. And so they, Tarte Cosmetics gets my ain't shit for today. And while you're at it, you can go ahead and throw it at Bud Light too. Um, yes. You know, as, as, others, as others prefer to bucket, you know, the underrepresented into one bucket, we can bucket the ain't shitters into mm -hmm. a bucket as well. I think what's interesting about that take on it, that like it was an oversight 
that's not how, you know, if you don't know, if you've never actually had to produce an event, if you've never actually had to put together a campaign, if you've never actually had to work on a brand before, I will give you that, right? You may not know, you know, shout out to anybody that's watched The Wizard of Oz or more importantly, the more, for me, Mm -hmm. the more culturally relevant one, The Wiz. If you've never pulled back the curtain on um, Richard Pryor, to know that he's just a man with a microphone, um, then then maybe I could see that. But for those of us in this industry, we have a duty to think more critically about the fuckery that people sell to us as mm-hmm. they are putting on their makeup on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever you use to spread your messaging. You know, we have a duty to think more deeply about it. And I and and the reality is that doesn't happen. Unless the influencer said, these are the only dates I can make. Mm -hmm. Unless the influence, you know, like you're coming into this with an itinerary already. Now, here's what could have happened. They hired all of the, all of the, um, the, 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 let's say the non underrepresented influencers. And they realized, Mm -hmm. and somebody said, oh my God, they're all white. We can't do that. And they said, oh, okay, 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 well, let's go back and let's find somebody. And they found this woman and they maybe they went to go try to find a ticket and they didn't have no more tickets because mm. all of their tickets were gone. Maybe that happened. Maybe, maybe sis didn't, re- maybe what had happened, I'm trying to think of something else. Maybe something else happened along those lines. But when you do an activation, we know as marketers, and candidly, this was the CEO or the CMO for Target. Uh, it was a it was the CEO, I believe. So, so this is why it's important yep, in all industries for your business leaders to have somehow worked within the industry so they understand how things work. Because I would expect a CEO to know that as people bring briefs to the table, the brief is for everybody. And only mm-hmm. special circumstances would uh, would force you to deter from that brief. Because usually it's like, well, if you can't do this, then don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, we booked it, but it was an oversight. No, you I'm never intended for her to be there. Either she didn't intend to be there or you didn't intend to be there. And she seems to be pretty upset that she wasn't front, well, front row for F1. Mm-hmm. So I am going to put the onus back onto Tart to do the fuck better. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I'm going to be real. I don't use Tart anyway, but now I'm going to pass you double the time when I go into Sephora and Ulta. Mm-hmm. But like, stop playing with people's intelligence. And because that's how I feel. I feel like my integrity is being tried right now. Yeah. By suggesting that somehow this was an accident. What was it, an it accident all... was you getting up on social media to comment in this way? That was an accident. Yeah. And then in, in addition to all of that, uh, the Black woman, Bria, um, went back on TikTok to make a public apology uh, for calling them out. And it felt very much like a hostage situation, uh, like Tart's legal team <laughs> was behind the camera. Probably threatened um, and that that just reminded me of the conversation that we were having a couple of weeks ago, just around the emotional labor of like being in these spaces. So the the, the trauma of realizing that you're being treated differently and then having to apologize for calling it out, whether it was a miscommunication or not. Um, Anyone who is truly like trying to operate for positive impact should be moving with intention. And I feel like they wouldn't have made her 
she wouldn't have felt the need to have to make a public apology if she was being supported in a way that felt really equitable. So that was my anxious. Because before and- she even went online, I'm sure she said something to their team. And yeah. I, it's, it's unfortunate that she felt uh, the need to, to walk back her comments, but I believe the truth puts us on an equal playing field. Hmm. How do you fight? Are- how you gonna fight me? How do you fight me now when I just told your truth? You know, I was just telling somebody earlier that a lot of issues within the workplace, especially within, when it comes to people of color, comes from them simply telling the truth and not coding it in niceties. It's always <laughs> the truth. But, but to be fair, I, I, that's why I said I, I, I'm sorry she had to walk back her truth, but I also understand in this economy, and we're going to get to that. Mm. So. <laughs> As I sit here and try to Google if Tart has a, a head of inclusion, let me check. Mm. I, I doubt it because they've been getting called out for, for years now for racist missteps, let's call it. Um, for a minute. And so I doubt that they have anybody who's in charge of making sure that everyone is being treated fairly. Oh, I guess they they got called out in 2018. Anyway, let's proceed. I'm sure we could do a whole episode on this, but let's proceed to give you what you need. Um, I'm going to proceed and do a really quick uh, dope shit. I'm in the mip in the middle of reading for the culture. I'm just going to raise it since we do videos now uh, for the culture by Marcus Collins. And it's about the power behind what we buy, what we do and who we want to be. Um, I feel like somebody should give this to the CEO of Tart. <laughs> um, but I find this book to be extremely interesting, not just when it comes to thinking about how we market to the public, but also how you lead, uh, because it's breaking down culture in a way that I think allows us to, if you are concerned um, or vested in making sure that the teams that you lead are diverse, equitable, and inclusive, then a lot of the insights and practices and uh, theories shared in this book can be applied to how you lead. So I just wanted to shout that out. I am in the middle of reading it. Uh, I'm not done yet. I doubt it's going to get worse. Um, I feel like it's only going to get better. And um, shout out to him for taking the time to write this book. Absolutely. Um, Marcus definitely has a huge reputation when it comes to culture in this business, um, working uh, in various capacities. He's He's currently a white end, right? Yeah, he's a head of strategy at Widen. Head of strategy at Widen. And as we know, Widen and Kennedy is the Widen and the Kennedy of, of, Mm. you know, probably who does it, you know, the best or at least top three in the industry of of culture, pushing culture forward. And so, you know, when people ask who's doing it right, I always say it's never the business, but it's probably like, individuals and campaigns and I would mm-hmm. you know his his reputation precedes him and I would say he's one of the best definitely doing it um and helping one of the best agencies uh push forward so kudos to him congrats on getting this this book out um can't wait, mm-hmm. wait to read it myself um yes, so I, oh sorry friend not say yes ma'am <laughs> I'm not ready to I'm not ready for ma'am. I'm I'm t- genuinely not ready for, for ma'am. I, I should probably stop doing that because sir is definitely one of my triggers. It has to be. It has yeah. to be. 
It has to be. As, especially when it comes from somebody who looks like they're in my age group or they're in their 20s. I don't don't call me that. Child, listen, I'm not even going to get into that, but I I I I guess I what really bothers me is the more I keep seeing like back in the day posts, but it's posts of like the first iPod. <laughs> <laughs> the like y'all are not about to age me beyond uh beyond this necessity anyway i do have some some dope shit i think it's actually probably more interesting shit um and so as the world continues to turn and as a as a de and i executive you know you find yourself in these spaces where you need an outlet um, and you need an outlet to just be mindless and not think about the fuckery of the world, right? And so I thought that I was going to be able to take a step outside of my diversity and inclusion uh, world by starting to watch Bridgerton's Queen Charlotte um, uh, season. And baby, why didn't anybody tell me this season was about diverse hires? <laughs> like, like, you know, I love Shonda Rhimes because I find that Shonda Rhimes does a really good job of pa- of packaging um, current day culture into stories that seemingly should have nothing to do with it. And that lady got me again. She got yeah. me again because I'm watching Queen Charlotte and, you know, for what it's worth as 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 dedicated to my culture and my people and my ancestry as I am I have a thing for Victorian culture like I have a thing for like that time frame Charles Dickinson time frame and history type shit right so I thought I was about to be out here on some shit that I wouldn't be able to relate to and I, I won't give any um or too many spoilers but once I realized that the core theme of the first few episodes was about a social experiment an unnamed social experiment um, that you could only really decipher from, um, you know, just nuance. Like, well, what are the differences between these people? And why would that be such an experiment to uh, 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 pick this woman for the job, if you will? Um, Mm -hmm. Why would it be, you know, why are there so many areas of distrust amongst this woman where like this is the culture to pick a random to fill this role you pick randoms all the time to fill this role but somehow this specific random is questionable and not put together and rough around the edges and too bougie and a little bit too much and too loud and too strong and just i was like but but they they also said the quiet part out loud that she had more more blood in her than they sold through. Yes, oh. they did say that. But before they got to that point, mm-hmm. I realized that Bridgerton's Queen Charlotte season is about how Queen Charlotte of the Bridgerton universe is the diversity hire mm-hmm. for the uh british royal family and i think the fact that i'm actually watching this around the time of uh i guess now king charles coronation mm-hmm. made me just laugh out loud because if you look at history you'll be made to believe that you know megan markle however she de- decides to identify today that megan markle 
was the first mixed race, AKA black woman um, in the royal family. Meanwhile, when you do your history, when you do your research and you check your history, baby, it goes as far back as Queen Charlotte with mm-hmm. actual African bloodline in her, mm-hmm. in, in her. And yep. there's also others, but you know, it's not my culture. That Those are not my people. I'm not going to get into mm-hmm. it, but I, I, I appreciated it. I appreciated the nuance. I also appreciated it because I feel like as we move into this space where, you know, for a lot of people talking about, talking about anything that is in opposition of of whiteness american in the form of whiteness is actually very difficult to do in current day culture and shonda rhimes just knows how to just sneak it right in there like like medicine inside a spoonful of sugar you just you know i'm about to give you this and and you know it was a nice little it was a nice little shock for me and so I'll be continuing to watch because I want to know what the big damn secret is, even though I think I've almost fit, figured it out as far as I am in this season. Um, and what this shows me is that we just have to be more creative with how we talk about what we're talking, what we talk about on a day-to-day basis on this podcast, what we talk about as friends, what we talk about with our other colleagues, mm-hmm. which is at the end of the day, it's the things that make us different, that make us stronger, but they're also the things that intimidate all of the people around us who currently control institutions and societies. Um, yeah. and so we got to watch our back. Yeah, um, I, I finished watching it because um, I was Did doing you? other things while I, was, while I was on. And I think the dynamics between the people of color and the, the royal family are great parallels to what we deal with <laughs> uh, today. So... I think it's going to get more interesting. That'll be the road of this episode uh, as it, it goes along. Um, and if you're looking for those cues or if you're cognizant of those cues because of your own experience, you may be triggered or you may just find it funny that Shonda Rhimes was able to infuse it into this Victorian narrative. You uh, you might laugh out loud as I did. And so here we are. Okay. All right. So let's transition. Make sure you put that in the video. Um, let's transition. Let's transition into our main topic today. And our main topic is going to be around this goddamn economy, y'all. Mm-hmm. It is some shit. It is some shit. And and I say this, I'm gonna start with being respectful because I just know so many people who have been impacted, um, who have been laid off cross industry, um, who have been laid off um outside of our industry, between tech, uh, marketing, uh, and retail, like we're starting to see, you know, we're starting to see the impacts of budgets being cut. Um, and part of that is, is I imagine it's a tough decision at any point, but there's something so, I don't know. And interesting isn't the word here, but there's something so piercing for me where the last year and a half was about trying so hard to find people and people and finally like human beings day-to-day workers were in charge of determining their own futures uh, by switching to new roles um, and demanding better pay um, Mm -hmm. and demanding better respect and, and actually having leverage to create a career that is right for their own future and their 
their wants and their wills. And then all of a sudden, you know, I don't care what the, the labor, the department of labor says, as we tip into this recession, or let's call it an economic downturn, right? If we don't want to use the R word, this economic downturn, Mm -hmm. there are so many people that are losing out on this. And in the context of diversity, equity, and inclusion, it is, it is, common and expected and tradition that people who are underrepresented are the ones that take 10 steps back during Mm -hmm. times like this, as opposed to folks who have generational wealth, who have the, um, who have the, the privilege of, of having savings accounts because someone paid for your college and, and you didn't have to take on that debt. Uh, for folks who, you know, get to either live at home even or mm-hmm. who have the opportunity to have someone that loves them or cares for them pay for their lifestyle so that mm-hmm. their money is theirs to build with. There's so many more of us, and I'll put myself into that category, where every paycheck is a step toward our future and every lack of paycheck is a step mm-hmm. towards poverty. And so I do think mm-hmm. it's important for us to to really talk about this and what this means for, you know, in the space of inclusion, what this means for the future of this industry, and even what it means for, for the future of creativity. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the juxtaposition of last year against like this moment is it feels very stark. And if you're looking at it from an emotional lens, it could feel like backlash. Um, because the the scale tips so much in favor of the employees. And I think it's also like worth noting that um, it's it's affecting industries that have had uh, economic mobility, right? So you mentioned tech, media, advertising, like these are industries where, you know, you can make a decent amount of money that can change your life, for lack of better words, buy houses, you know, take care of your family, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so this moment really feels like the pendulum swing. Um, and obviously there there were course corrections that needed to be taken based off of, you know, the overpaying of people, if you will, uh, from last year. But I think it's it's hard to to look at it through that lens when, you know, people are on LinkedIn for lack of a better word, begging for jobs, because to your point, it is getting to a dire situation for a lot of them because they've worked in these industries for however long, um, their lifestyles have changed, right? So if your rent is $2,500, $3,000 because you live in one of the, the big markets, New York, LA, San Francisco, um, and you get laid off, unemployment ain't gonna do it for you. <laughs> like it's, uh, it's just- $500 it's just not, is not covering it. Right, and so, you know, this this market is, this this labor market or the downturn in the labor market is disproportionately affecting people of color and, and black and brown people. And because a lot of the, the theory that's used or usually the theory that's used to determine who goes is like last in, first out. And because there was such a influx of black and brown hires um, due to 2020, um, and people raising their their consciousness around diversity. Most, a lot of them are being laid off right now, and there's there's no recourse in sight. Um, even though you know the the New York Times or whoever the media is 
um, is saying that there is that the job market is great and the, <laughs> the economy is great. What's happening on the ground for people in these communication industries or creative industries is not reflecting the narrative that the mainstream is is pushing through. And like you see where it's coming from, right? Like we mentioned advertising. I'm looking at uh, an article from the Hollywood Reporter. Um, that came out earlier today, Paramount is even cutting 25% of its staff from TV networks. MTV News is shutting down. Like, Mm -hmm. you think about, like, what this affects. This affects culture. This affects, like, who gets to contribute to it. MTV News for a long time. Like, I know we talk about CNN. I know we talk about um, uh, uh, NBC. I know we talk about Fox, even. But when you look at culturally, what has impacted how people have been informed about the world around them as it contextually relates to them, that's a big deal. And 25% of a staff is a big deal. That means that there, you know, that means that there are people, right, there are teams right now that are probably feeling um, short-staffed as it is. Imagine Mm -hmm. coming back and your, your partner is not there. And now mm-hmm. you have to, you know, because it's not mm-hmm. even imagining we've all been there. Now you have to take on all of that work for God knows how long, because determining mm-hmm. whether or not is why, you know, that's why they say you got to quiet quit. You can't do too much because if you do too yeah. much, they're going to think you do it too well. And they're going to say, just keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to ask for a raise, but they're not going to give you. Anyway, let me stop. Anyway, <laughs> let me stop. But you get the point. Everybody gets where I'm mm-hmm. going with this. And I think that, like, that's what's scary for me. But I think as we go through this, you know, Simi, you brought up something um, while we were talking before recording about how when you Google the job market, when we listen to, you know, updates from NPR, who I also believed believe had cuts recently, about where the job market sits for the last year we keep hearing everything's fine it's fine people strong it's a strong job market out here everybody's Mm. working everybody's been working and i'm like girl where where is everybody working um so i guess like me like that's a big question that i have because what i'm what i'm what i'm seeing happening to my community around me of colleagues and friends and people that have just connected with me on LinkedIn because they just like to connect with randoms. I see a lot of people looking. I don't see a lot of people hiring, um, but I keep hearing that everything is fine. How can everything still be fine? Yeah. And, and the quiet, I'm glad you mentioned that quiet quitting, because I think that's also part of the contrast from last year to this moment, because when it felt like the power was with the employees, you know, just kind of looking at it through the lens of culture. When you went on Instagram and you went on TikTok, there were people talking about what it looks like to quiet quit. But how do you quiet quit in this economy? Like that, that feels like, it feels counterproductive. Like, especially when you're talking about tech, um, media advertising and you know all these these industries where you can make a considerable amount of money it it feels like the the pendulum has shifted almost to like where we were 10 years ago where you want to mind your manners uh for lack of better words or uh when you're in these spaces to make sure that that you're not part of the next set of cuts 
And that's so, that's a, that's an interesting point. Like, how do you, so much of it is subjective. So much of it is going to be put towards some, some sort of formulaic um, approach to it. Um, you know, I got a text message from someone today that was, you know, talking about dedicating yourself to your, your personal mission, as opposed to dedicating yourself to a company. And I think for me, that's, what's important here, right? Like I've been out of work twice already in, in what feels like a short career, but I imagine that that's not true in comparison to other people. Um, the reality is that anything can happen where you will, you may find yourself without work, whether Mm -hmm. voluntarily or involuntarily. And knowing your skill set is important. Knowing multiple skill sets is important. Setting yourself up in a space where you could do, if you can, right, where you can do something for yourself to bring in a little change, or you can do something for another company to bring in a little change is going to be super important because, you know, there are ways to get people to like you just enough to not let you go right now but that's so short term right like we can talk about posturing yourself and making a good impression and all of these things you know we can talk about um you know if if it's a financial decision they want to make sure you're billable people want to make sure you're billable Mm -hmm. they want to make sure that you're being utilized you know that's Mm -hmm. that's that's a given but when it becomes personal, will any of that matter? If people have been mm. trying to find a way to get rid of you anyway, will it matter that you're hundred percent billable? No. Probably not. So mm. posturing yourself may not work in that, in that space. And, you know, I, I, I think that everything is important. I think that because we have a lot to protect, like there's so many gains that, that, and we could say underrepresented people, but I'm going to speak on behalf of like black people since 2020, very specifically, like, a lot of people gained in the last few years, as bad as COVID was, it, it, it was a come up for a lot of us. Mm. All of that can get swept away with everything we're seeing happening right now. Right. Um, and so, yes, do your best at your job, but don't break yourself. Mm. Do not fucking break yourself at your job. Make sure that your shit is tight but do not strangle yourself so you can't breathe, you know, work hard, but don't kill your mental stability because you're going to need your health. If you find yourself in this space without a job, you're going to need your focus. You're going to need to strategize and you're going to need to figure it the fuck out. And guess what? If a company lets you go, or if you find yourself having to leave a company for whatever reason, they're not going to help you on the back end. Be very yeah. clear about that. And so, like, mm. you know, I think about, I think, you know, last year it was funny. Who was a corporate baddie? DeAndre, whatever his name was from TikTok. Let me see if I, could, if I still got it up. DeAndre from TikTok, corporate baddie. DeAndre Brown. DeAndre Brown. Of course, it's DeAndre Brown. DeAndre Brown, corporate baddie from last summer, was basically telling all the Gen Z to tell your, your bosses to kiss your ass because you're 80. <laughs> and everybody was eating that shit up. Yeah. Right? Because in theory, that is what we all want to tell 
somebody at work. There's somebody at work that you want to tell to kiss your ass. Mm. That is just how it works, right? There's always somebody. But it always troubled me because I was like, well, what happens when the job market flips and you're no longer in, you know, and you're no longer in like the right and you no longer have the leverage. And so I went back on his page to see like, well, what's he telling people right now? I want y'all to know this very well-sponsored influencer who also still has a corporate job. It is a different one now. It's still telling people to tell people to kiss their ass. Now I'm going to tell you this. That is not my suggestion. I believe, <laughs> I believe that there is a way to tell people to kiss your ass, but I also believe now may not be the time. This yeah. may not, this may be the time to bite your tongue if you need somebody to kiss your ass. I think he not was in this economy. You know, not in this economy, baby. No, no, no. I think it was in response to um the news report about Gen Z being the most difficult uh, uh generation to work with. Yes. But not they're not difficult because like they're difficult. They're difficult because they don't play by our rules. But mm-hmm. also just because you don't p- traditionally play by the rules doesn't give you space to be an asshole. So maybe solution number one, don't be an asshole in the workplace. That's not going to get yeah. you nowhere and that's not going to get you hired nowhere else or clients if you if you do choose to go on and, and freelance. Don't mm-hmm. be an asshole. What you got, mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in 100% alignment, but I, I also feel like that sentiment of Gen Z being the most difficult was also said about millennials. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that corporate culture usually defaults to exploiting people. I mean, I guess that is employment, but exploiting people in the worst ways. And so I feel like Gen Z was coming in basically saying like, we don't want to be exploited. We want fairness. Um, but now that the, now that the leverage is gone from, you know, a year ago when. Right. Fairness looks very different right now. Fairness looks very different. And I think you can still advocate for yourself and to your point, not be an asshole, but it, re- it requires finesse, right? Because it's advocating for yourself and ensuring that you still have a job to go to the next day and to your point earlier that you made of you know with all these layoffs if you are the asshole they don't need a a good reason to let you off you're just one you're just part of the numbers so if you're looking to stay gainfully employed then figuring out what your long what your short and long-term strategy is is going to be crucial to your success because if you don't have one then you're probably just going to get swept up in whatever outcome happens. Agreed. And I think that finesse is just important in general in your career. I mean, we've had this conversation, like bringing your whole self to work is very different than bringing your worst self to work. Mm-hmm. And and I I caution everyone who has been having this conversation to really find what that balance means for you. You know, I wholeheartedly disagree with people who say bringing your whole self to work is not a real thing. Um, I think you need to bring the best version of yourself to work. The And for me, what that always looks like is the version where I can move the most swiftly to do my job the best I can. 
And so for me, that means that I need to be able to say things clearly, as clearly as I can get them out, as clearly and quickly as I can get them out my mouth without having to do too many, you know, mindfuck gymnastics to figure out what's the right way for this to land. It also means that I need to spend less time worrying about doing my hair. It means that I need to spend less time worrying about what clothes I'm wearing. It means I need to spend less time worrying about if I've used slang or not. It means that I need to do, you know what I'm saying? Like for me, that is, that is what it is. It also means that like naturally for me, not on this podcast, of course, because we're always, we're in my office bedroom slash whatever, right? So we're amongst family here, but on a, on a call with a client, I'm showing up fly. I'm showing up with my favorite glasses. I'm showing up with my favorite, some, you know what I'm saying? Not Mm -hmm. just showing up. It's not the, it's Mm -hmm. not in this economy. It's not bare minimum Sally right now. You have to be you got to give a good 85% of your best. I didn't say a hundred, you need more time for your own stuff, but it can't just be showing up and saying, I checked all the boxes for what you had in my job description. So I did my job. You do got to come with a little extra oomph, a little extra pizzazz, a little extra hurrah so that people see, people do see that you're putting your best foot forward. Do you feel like the the remote office has negatively influenced the remote office that we all craved for and wanted and prayed for <laughs> for many years? I did. Uh, I has that. negatively affected how people think about showing up? Because for me, like when I think about it, and you're talking about getting on a client call, I think that is is parallel to going to a client meeting in person. And so everything that you can see <laughs> within the the screen should be- Within the screen, within the frame, yes. Within, within the frame, should be quote unquote presentable, should feel like you are showing up to, to be a salesman, to, to pitch something, to engage with somebody who is paying you money. Um, I think we would all feel very, um, uh, concerned if if we walked into a doctor's office and the doctor <laughs> is uh, <laughs> in in basketball shorts and a basketball jersey right so why why do you think that like the like that culture of being of presenting yourself presenting your best self has dissolved into nothing that's for a lot of people a lot of people will agree that it's because of remote culture. Um, I think that it's deeper than just staying home. Cause to your point, like there are many of us that recognize the context of the conversation I'm having on my computer screen will also dictate the context of how I present myself. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that there are a lot of people that had never stepped into a client meeting prior to go everything going remote and so they don't have that pressure i also think that presentation is not top of mind for everybody and never has been for a lot of people i think there are a lot of people in our industry were present for for those of us i'll throw myself in the category that spend so much time trying to make sure that the gift wrapping 
is creased, taped, and bowed properly because we know the contents of the gift itself are, aren't that great. You know, I think there is a finesse of presentation. I think other people who, I think there are other people who the priority is, and and unfortunately, I think that, you know, agency kind of takes that away from some of us, that that purity away from some of us. I think there are a lot of people that want their work to speak for itself. Mm-hmm. And, it, and in theory, it really should. But we work in advertising and marketing where nobody gives a fuck what's on the inside of the box. They care about the cover of the book. And that is the dissonance. They care about the contents when they want to. When they're when they're building only when they want to, but it's it's (laughs) it's never the constant priority. The constant priority, which is why we have to even talk about diversity to begin with, is the external contents. Mm. And so a new bias that has arisen in this new economy, this new remote culture, is who has good presence, who can present themselves good and not. There are people Mm. who don't know how to do a deck because they give you good eye contact on the screen They've got a clear camera <laughs> and they've got, I mean, we I mean, Liv talked about it before uh, in right. the last episode, but they've got a really good background behind them. Baby, they are getting all the promotions while yeah. everybody else is getting laid off around the entire mm. industry. Mm. It's, it's also interesting when you talk about the contents because, and, and how the contents didn't matter prior. I I almost feel like some of what's happening right now within this economy has to do with the contents not mattering or people not paying attention to the contents. Um, and now that they are because, you know, interest rates are going up and uh, banks were were failing and all of that shit. That imagine banks failed this year. Two. Banks failed in 2023. You know what? That's that should be affirming for anybody who got laid off that you're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> the, the, the banks, banks with, failed the too. Banks with with people with master's degrees and and doctorate degrees who were in economists, of economists who told us in two th- at the at the end of the two thousand eight to ten recession that don't worry, we got it this time. And we put together all of all of these policies. So this, we don't got to worry about this no more. Mm-hmm. Fucked it up again. It's not you, boo. It's the <laughs> It's not you, boo. It's not you. But, that, but also- That is the affirmation. But also like, let, let's, let's talk about that. Cause I, I don't think yeah. a lot of people know what goes into laying off. The layoffs are triggered by a need to reset a budget. There are forecast, there's forecasting happening at every company quarterly, well, daily, but being presented quarterly about how much money they think they're going to make. Every company laying off right now is cutting because they don't believe they're going to make their numbers, which means we are doing things, we as industries, business, economy, the world, the United States, because baby, we what trillion dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. And Sally <laughs> Bay got the nerve to call me 
You worried about me, but the whole damn country is billions of dollars in debt. Like, let's talk about it. Businesses have been uh, have put themselves in positions to spend money to make hires, to make investments, to do things, lots of things, not just hiring, but like lots of things. Like like many of us do as individuals, where it's like, damn, if I keep spending at this rate, I'm not going to be able to make my my numbers. And that is why the layoffs are happening. It's not you. And I, and I know mm-hmm. that getting laid off sometimes can feel personal, even when people being sneaky and they are making it personal. But it's yeah. it's not you. It's a lot of very qualified people who in theory should have had their good contents on the inside of the gift mm-hmm. that made some really fucked up decisions that yeah. have led us here. That mm-hmm. is... That is the nature good bad or interesting interesting or indifferent that is what's yeah. happening and and kudos to you because you actually predicted that this was going to happen <laughs> did I tell everybody oh my god i wish we you were did. recording at this time i want y'all to know at the top of last spring i was telling people no at the fall of 2021 i was telling people to hurry up and get your jobs by the end of 2022, because at the top of 2023, it's all going to backslide. I need people to start to pay me for my predictions. I'm putting this out into the universe on this podcast. I be knowing shit. I be yeah. knowing shit. I be and, knowing and, all and you, you do. We, we, we're really good at predicting interesting things. <laughs> and that, um, but also like, History just keeps repeating itself. Like you know, when when that's shit what history good, does. That's actually yeah, just like when when shit. This to your point about the t- 2008 2010 uh, recession, recession, depression, whatever you want to call it. Um, the same thing happened in advertising. A lot of black and brown people were laid off, and if we're keeping it a buck, some of them were never to be seen again. Um, and so. I think, you know, in this moment, um, being intentional about the short and long-term goals is crucial if you want to stay here. And a part of that is like figuring out your finesse. Yeah, a big part of that is figuring out your finesse. There's so there's so much that can be discussed here, but I guess I would want to leave off as folks are going through this. You know, number one, use your network. Use your network. And it doesn't just mean the people that you talk to every day. Do not be shy about reaching out to people, email addresses you haven't had a chance to email before, you haven't had a chance to email in three years. Um, Do not be ashamed to put it out on, on your social media platforms that you are looking for work. I would also suggest not to be ashamed to kind of step outside of your your career for those, especially those of you that are really just starting off. Don't be don't be afraid to kind of step outside and like take on some side hustles. There's a reason why the Department of Labor and everybody keeps telling us that the economy is great, even though (laughs) eggs is thirty five dollars and flights to Florida from from Georgia are eight hundred dollars. They will they're going to keep telling you that even though we see what we see. but yeah, if you gotta, if you have to join the gig economy and do some things and sell on Poshmark, please do not feel embarrassed to do that. 
do not feel embarrassed to make sure that you're straight. Do not be embarrassed to tell people about that. I think for me, that was one of the big lessons coming back into the industry. Um, when I, after I quit my job in 08, um, and the money I didn't have, cause I didn't have any money ran out. That is what I had to turn to. And I really think it's important to let people know, like, however you got to feed yourself and pay your bills is how you mm -hmm. got to feed yourself and pay your bills. Do not yeah. let people make you feel less than for doing that. Because the bigger yeah. piece is that that actually helps tell your story when you come back to the job market mm -hmm. about how you look at survival, how you look at being resourceful, how you're mm -hmm. able to balance a budget. Like all of that leads into to that story. Yeah. Um, and then also like, you know, it's it's easier said than done to tell people to be positive. But the reality is it's because history repeats itself. This is not forever. This yeah. is very short term. It is a painful short term, but short term nonetheless. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, keep your eyes on the prize, whatever, sure. like keep, keep, keep mm -hmm. your focus um, and plan ahead. If, if you still have a job right now, if yeah. you don't feel like you are in position to be a part of any of these layoffs, I would still encourage people to consider the possibilities of what if and what could happen um, so that you're prepared. Any savings is better than no savings. Mm -hmm. The less credit card debt you have is the is the, is better than having credit card debt and going into these times. Like we have to protect ourselves because if we know anything about our industry and industry at at in total, is the business don't love you mm -hmm. if you're not making the business no money. But we have to love ourselves. We gotta we gotta yeah. protect ourselves. And so, like, you know, stay woke, stay woke, mm -hmm. stay positive, stay focused. Uh, I'm gonna echo all of that um, and say, like, to your point, this is short term. Um, and I just think if you want to thrive again, then you have to strategize to survive this moment. Um, and I think that that requires you auditing your situation. So if you are still employed, making sure that you're doing all the things that you need to do to make sure that they feel like you're valuable, if that's one of the metrics that they're using to evaluate um, you staying there, but also like auditing like your mental health, your all of that good shit to make sure that when you do come back, you're coming back with a perspective and an attitude that makes people, you know, like the packaging. And, you know, figuring out, <laughs> figure out the contents later. Yeah. But ultimately, like, we know that the packaging uh, is often a deciding factor. Um, and in order for that packaging to, you know, be nicely wrapped up in top of a bow, you need to get through this moment. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything. I, I, and, and maybe reach out to us. We could point people in directions. Freelance, mm -hmm. all of that we know we know resources we know things like i've been there i know that anxiety i know it well i'll tell one last story um the earring back story simeon like just so people know like <laughs> so people know like i've been there i've been there and like you know after i quit my job and i thought i'd be back within three months i was just taking off this time and i had this wonderful series of interviews um, at this, you know, at a, at a hold, at another holding company. 
and shit would just it's i was like by january 15th i know i'm gonna be working so i ain't tripping baby january 18th came and went so three days after when i thought i'd be working and i finally got the word that like i wasn't getting the job so all of the money that i thought i when i thought i was just gonna be broke for a couple months i was like "Mm, i'm probably gonna be broke for a couple more months um and i was trying to hold it together because now i'm hiding it from my friends that like Things aren't working out the way I was hoping they would. And I don't have no money. And, you know, I live by myself. So I'm doing it on my own. And I went to a happy hour because I promised a friend that I would show up to a happy hour, but I didn't have no money. And happy hours stress the fuck out. And we're in the middle of Lower East Side. And I find myself on the corner of Delancey and, and Essex. And I'm just, oh my God, what is going on? And I rip out my earring and I found mm. the earring but I couldn't find the earring back. (laughs) I didn't find my earring back. And when I tell y'all that I bawled, like I crippled and crumbled on that corner on Essex. I crippled, bawling so hard. I couldn't breathe from all of the mucus coming through my nose. And my friend is like, oh my God, is everything okay? Are you okay? I'm not okay. God has taken everything from me, (laughs) including my earring backs. (laughs) I had reached a new level of rock bottom in that moment after being out of work. And I chose this life because the mental the mental oppression that I was experiencing at that, at the place of work before was horrific, was horrific. Um, And less than like less than two months later, I had a job. So even if you lose your earring backs, (laughs) even if the universe takes your earring backs, you will bounce back and be okay. Um, You just got to ride this wave. And so with Simeon. No, I was, I was, I was just going to say that um, usually whenever you're having a bad day, that's usually my my reminder for you is that you can lose your earring back again. It could be worse. I could lose my, <laughs> it, it could be worse. You can lose your earring backs. Um, man, that story is so triggering. But like, I, I think it's just important for me to share that testimony on this podcast because that's what we do. Um, but with that, make sure you keep fucking with us make sure you keep listening to the episodes Mm -hmm. Uh, would love to get people sharing commenting do you have an earring back story um i want to hear it so i know i'm not alone um but also if you're looking for resources to get you through this time because baby in this economy it ain't it um if if there's anything Mm -hmm. we can do to help support point connect let's do that uh keep listening to mixed company podcasts and follow us on all the podcast platforms talk to y'all later Peace out.